chapter 13 verse 5 and it's right here on the front of your thing says let us let your conversations be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have for he has said I will never leave thee nor forsake you now before we move on here uh, we see the two words covetousness and contentment covetousness means having a great desire to possess something that belongs to someone else and then, of course, contentment is a state of peace, peaceful happiness to be satisfied with a certain level of achievement, good fortune, money, or things of like that, and not wish for anything more than what you currently have. So with that in mind, we'll go ahead and jump in here. It says, in this study, we will look at the attitude of contentment. To be content is to be satisfied. It is the opposite of lust or covetousness. Someone go ahead and go to Philippians chapter 4 and read verses 11 through 13. Philippians 4 verses 11 through 13. So our first question here is, what had Paul learned? What lesson had Paul said he learned in this verse? To be content in all circumstances. In what circumstances was Paul able to express this attitude of contentment? Paul says he learned to be content in all circumstances. So think about what all Paul went through. His list that he did in that one verse. How many times he'd been shipwrecked, lost at sea, in stocks, in prison, in beatings, in fastings, and all these other things. You think about Brian Hall's feet. We talked about that last week, how the, the blisters just took all the mo uh, meat right off the bottom. Well, think about all the miles that Paul put on his feet. I mean, there weren't no airplanes to fly over like it, so... Paul says in all that going on, he learned to be content in everything, in every situation. And you know, if you were beaten like Paul, you, uh, you would be miserable for probably 
three or four weeks after you beat my kid. They, they were beating you practically to death. You know, you would be happy, you couldn't lay down. You know, everything, everything would be sore and festering and hurting, you know, because, you know, they'd beat, they'd beat you to death, you know. It would just be impossible for you to accomplish, you know, after that. There's a, a verse in the Bible where Paul talks about he was beaten and he was took into the inner prison. The inner prison of this city was also the sewer of this city. That's where the sewer lines run there. So he's beat, wounds everywhere, and they stick him down in this sewer. And what does he start doing at midnight? Sing. He's full of joy. There's a big difference between happiness and joy. Happiness comes from your circumstances. When you when you something good happens to you, or you, you get married or something like that, you're happy. But things can change and then that happiness goes away because happiness is dependent upon circumstances. Joy is not dependent upon anything. No matter what's going on around you, when you have peace, when you have contentment, you're going to have joy and you're going to be able to sing like Paul sings. But you can only have that joy when you look at verse 13. It's through Christ that gives them that strength. And so if it's not Christ, you, never, you wouldn't have true joy and happiness in any situation that you're in. That's right. Jesus is the only source of that peace. Jesus says, peace I give not as the world gives. But as only God can give, as only Jesus can give. And that brings us to our next ver our next question was, how is he able to do this? And of course we just answered that through Jesus Christ, the source of our joy. My bad, I had verse 13 covered up. I didn't see it. Oh, you're fine. You're fine. I want everybody to speak up because this is this is us doing this together. So if there uh, goes on to say, if this is an attitude that is completely foreign to our present world. It is an attitude of commit, uh, contentment. We are constantly bombarded with advertisements designed to shake us out of our contentment and to breed in us a sense of need. That's what the whole, they have armies and armies of psychologists and everything else to design these commercials, to make you have a need, to make you have a desire, to make you feel like, oh, I, I got to go get this. I can't be happy till I go get this. Or if I get this, then I'm going to get this girl. Or if I drink this brand of beer, then I'm going to get this guy or whatever. It's all designed and it's all manipulated that way. They breed, uh, breed in us a sense of need, uh, of want, entitlement, and discontentment. So much in our society teaches us that you cannot be happy unless you have this. I bury phone lines and I go to all kinds of places and I'll go to places in the that are just little shacks or tra trailers that are falling down and you look out in the driveway and there's a Lexus. There's, there's a Cadillac Escalade. And that's the choice they make. Oh, I've got to have this or I can't be successful. People have got to see me driving this car so they can know I've made it. But yet them and their family are living in this little hovel so he can have that sense of entitlement. Uh, it's driven by discontentment. We, we head out of our houses and into the shopping malls. Our economy is driven and fueled by discontentment. A society where meaning and fulfillment are often derived from material goods, it can be difficult even for a Christian to live a contented life. To help us to have this continual attitude of contentment, we should remember the following six principles. First principle we're going to look at is stuff does not produce satisfaction. Someone go ahead and turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and read verse 10. Was everyone able to get a copy? Do we have enough to go around? Okay. Okay, I got verse 10. Go ahead. 
He who loves money will not be satisfied with money, nor he who loves abundance with his income. This too is vanity. Okay, according to what we just read here, Solomon, who was the richest man to ever live at any time in history, what will never bring satisfaction according to the richest man? Money. Money. Money or abundance of things. And he had it. I mean, he had all you could have, but he said, you know, I'm still not satisfied. I'm still not content. Uh, why will man who loves silver or increase never be satisfied with these things? Never get enough. Never get enough. Proverbs uh, 30, 15, and 16, I think, uh, says, talks about, well, somebody go ahead and read that before I misquoted all the pieces here. Proverbs 30, uh, 15, and 16. For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, is turning and rest. You shall be saved, and quietness and confidence shall be your strength. Uh, that's that's thir I got 30, 15, and 16. Okay, go ahead. The leech has oh, two okay. daughters, give and give. There are three things that are never satisfied, poor never say enough. The grave, the barren moon, the earth that is not satisfied with water, and the fire never says enough. And you can add to that a greedy person. A greedy person, if someone chases after money, will never be satisfied. Uh, Rockefeller on his deathbed, they asked him, said, if you could go back and do anything in your life, and this is one at the time, one of the what would it be? He said, I'd like to go back and earn another million dollars. And it's, it's never, he had, he had millions and millions he was leaving behind, but he wanted to go, I want, I want more, I want more. And you'll never be satisfied. Uh, Any more? And you know, you hear these times of, I remember a Facebook guy here a few years ago. I think it's Zuckerberg. I think it's his name. I'm giving it all away. We have a daughter. We're going to give it all away. Well, I, I, I ain't seen no money of that. He still, he still got on good. Yes. So, so much for that. It's, it's just a, it's just a pull sometimes. Uh, some of the answers I got is because you can always have more, so you can never be content with it. Uh, because you can lose all of it at any time, uh, whether it's with the stock market crash, identity theft moves in. Uh, getting sued, just, just any different things, you can lose every bit of it any time. So how can you be satisfied or contentment in something that you cannot hold on to? Then I saw a cartoon one time that said, uh, uh, well, he's the richest man I know. He said, oh, I trade every bit of it. He said, for a little more. You know, that's, <laughs> that's, that's just a little joke. Yes. It's, it's a trade. You trade every bit of it for just a little more, you know, because it's never, like you said, it's never enough. <clears throat> You can buy, Jimmy can go out and buy the nicest tractor in Lincoln County. 
but they'd be one in Kansas. It'd be a lot better than it, you know. And you can say, well, I want to buy one better than one in Kansas. And it'd be one in Montana that'd be better than one. You, know, you, you, never, you can't win that battle, you know. That one up, that battle of one up the ship. You can't win it because of it. And that's why people like that are never contend because they try to, but they just can't do it. No. Get into that game and keeping up with the Joneses. Yes, right. I've got something I gotta go with. Be better than them. Uh, I can't bring a joy or a because that only comes from Jesus Christ and from within, not from circumstances. And then it goes on to say, We are relatively affluent or rich people, and as such, we rarely have pressing needs that cannot easily be met. We have quick access to everything we could want or need and provided by the means to obtain those things, whether we can afford them or not. If you ain't got the money, bank down here be glad to loan you as long as you got the credit. If you ain't got the credit, there's another bank over here that loan to you whether you got it or not. Those guys with the car commercials, come on down, everybody, right? Just bring your W-2 with you. And, you know, there's always someone that's going to find a way to get it to you. Ben, yes. It's not the money a lot of money that's sinful, it's the love of money. Because when we have a lot of money, we usually put that money ahead of God. And that's, that's what the whole scripture is teaching. We put it ahead of God and we put our trust to see us through the hard times in that money instead of trusting in God. Well, if I got twenty or thirty thousand, forty thousand in the bank to fall back on, well I, I ain't gotta worry about that. I, I know I'm no. you know I often think about these rich people, you know, that's got billions and billions, they died just like everybody else did. They didn't take none of it with them, but they strived all their life to get more and more and more. And they had to leave here like, like we had to leave here. That's it. The guy who started out with what, what he got a few years ago, can't you? Uh, he, he bemoaned that. Steve fact. Jobs. Yes, Jay Jobs. He, 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 and there he said he never cancer. And he said, you know, I could, I could spend a billion dollars and I still have cancer. You know, I could do whatever, but I still got cancer. He knew that cancer had trumped everything, you know, that he had done. Uh, made all these billions and billions of dollars worth in like winter. Like Lita said, leave it all behind. And he knows it. But he said, I still got cancer. Because <coughs> cancer don't care if you're a billionaire or the poorest mm -hmm. guy in the country. They're this country. Yep. It's, it's sad for people. Uh, not that he, I'm not saying he trusts in their riches. I'm not letting him down. But I, he just knew that I've got all this stuff, but I can't fix it, you know. And uh, R.J. Corman in Nicholasville went to Corning, uh, Corning, I think, the Cornell University or someplace in New York when he got cancer. And he said, I'll give you $5 million and you can keep me alive for five years. And they did. And he gave he gave them a huge donation because he had the money to do it. But they, did, they kept him alive about eight years. But they, they did all they could, but the cancer he had just could not be stopped. You know? And uh, it, it, it doesn't matter how old or how, how rich you are, how young you are, it, you're, you're leaving here. You know? And stuff will be left behind. Man, I can't think of any sadder situation than someone who's trusted and chased after that all their life than when they come to the end of their life at the very last minute to realize. Boy, I've been a fool. I've, I've chased after the wrong things, and, and here it is, I'm dying, and I, I still ain't got nothing. No hope or anything. We're also told that our success and self-worth is measured by how much stuff we have obtained. This world distorted view of contentment and material good is in direct contradiction to what Jesus taught. 
Someone go ahead and go to Luke chapter 12 and verse 15. Luke 12 and 15. Covetous, others uh, translations will say greed, which it all means the same thing, intense and selfish desire for things. So Jesus wants to avoid that to watch out for it. What does not find the quality of one's life? Stuff. Stuff. Possessions. Abundance, bank accounts, all these things. Contentment will come as long as we have... Uh, contentment will not, Carl, will not come as long as we have a distorted view of material things. Trying to derive satisfaction and fulfillment from things is putting the expectations on material goods that only God can fulfill. The world's continual quest for more and more stuff is really a quest for meaning, for fulfillment and satisfaction, something material possessions can never do. What do you think some of the richest men and women in the world, uh, think about Hollywood, it says, seem to be most satisfied? Or why do you... Yeah. Why does that kind of bring to mind? I think it's just like I said a few minutes ago, living up the jungles. They're living in Hollywood, some rich people in the country, and they're trying to out-compete and shine to be more and more popular so that they can gain more and more stuff. I, I think you see it being here with this, the latest scandal where these people pay these thousands and
I mean, you think about them with all their possessions, all their rich, uh, all the money, the millions they make from each films, people worshiping them and following them and idolizing them, but none of that brings the contentment. They have umpteen uh, marriages ending in divorces, and you know you see more of them, and every one of them's in either therapy or rehab or something like that. And you hear about them committing suicide all the time. So here's the people that's got it all. Now they've made it to as top as you can go in America. People just. Love anything just to even get an autograph or take their picture with him. But they're miserable. They're discontented. It, material possessions has brought them nothing but the heartache and misery. Then we took a tour out there with Hills one time. And this guy said, Now, this man here, this house is a designer. He said, Look at his cars. He had six horses set back. Six, I mean, 12 horses. 12 horses. Six yellow and six blue. They were right here. Same year, same model, same year. He said, Six yellow and six blue. There's something wrong with that, okay? And he said, nobody in the world understands it. Of course, he wanted to be different. He wanted to be unique. He wanted to show all that much money he had. But it seemed very silly to me. Yeah. But it's just the lengths people will go to impress somebody. You know, I've got six of them. I've got 12 of them. You know, yeah, you do. Why? And, and it's not just the rich. You go to the high schools. Or I, don't, I don't know if it's still this way or not, but when I was in school, if you didn't have the right kind of shoes or the right kind of pants, well, what happened? You got picked on. You got made fun of. And it, it should not be that way. That should be the least little thing. But we've done taught our kids or the commercials have done taught our kids at that young age. Well, if they don't have that, well, they're not the cool kids. They're, they're not fitting in. They're not doing something right. And, it, and it's pitiful that kids have to feel that way. But that's the way our society's got them.
you know, commit murder and, uh, and, and all these heinous acts and selling drugs and stuff. They're not more apt to do that. And I think the parents have to be kind of content, too, to say, this is the best way we need to teach you how to be successful life. And that is not money. No. That is happiness. That's it. And doing good for other people. I, I see David when we go places. If there's 14 shopping carts out in the parking lot of Walmart, and it's pouring rain, he will get them all put them in the crowd. He will open those little bitty things, mean stuff to people. You know, it doesn't have to be, well, I gave you $100. I sent you a car, or I called you, or you know, I, I cooked something for you. It's stuff like that you never forget. Yeah. Just open the door. Open the door. Well, when we went to school, there wasn't all these name brands and all this stuff we could do. At first, you didn't think. You know, down my curtains and times down, you know, they advertise all this stuff. Certain brands that they won't work. When I was in elementary school, middle school, it was like that. It was, it was fine because I, <clears throat> mom and grandma made some of my clothes. And, of course, we had them, all of us had them big old huge patches on our knees. And, but then by the time I got to high school, it, it was starting to creep in there. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Because the people are unsatisfied 
but yet they, and because I think they're jealous of how these other people spend their money, but they know they step down to that level in their mind that they're not going to be in the status quo of look at me. You know, I think some of them might want that, but at the same time, are they willing to give up their stuff to help others like those other people are? I think there's some jealousy involved in that as well. Yeah. And I do agree with you, Josh, that uh, there are some good people that have done well with money and given substantial portions away. And I think there are a few decent people that, that have money and have done well with it. Uh, and I just, you know, I don't care if you are a billionaire. I think I read Bill Gates and give an $82 billion away. And I'm just confident he's got a No, look at some of the greatest men in the Bible have been some of the richest. Abraham. If that were the case, none of us would live in nice houses or drop in exactly. We wouldn't give it all. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, you can't categorize people no. like that. Now, just because you're rich don't mean that you're not content. It's the people that trust in their riches and that greedy for it. He said, if you want to be perfect, because the rich young ruler was did all the other things, but he was holding on this money. He said, if you want to be perfect, if you want to be like me, like Jesus, he said, then give it all. But now the Bible also commands us to provide for our household, to provide for our children, for our mothers and our fathers, and things of that nature. So it, it's, a, it's a line that you've got to walk. Each and every individual has to decide or make that decision in their heart. You know, what can I give and what, can I, what do I need to hold on to? And the biggest thing to me is, is, is where you got your trust. If your trust is in God, you're not going to, somebody has a need. If Roy's house burns down, and if I'm trusting in God and I've got 5000 in the bank, then I'm going to give Roy as much as I can. But if your trust is in that money, then you'll say, okay, I'll give Roy $50. And then, and, you know, everybody kind of, I think it's up to everybody to make that decision. Like Anais and Sapphire, when they uh, sold the land, and they said, oh, we're going to give this money to the church. And they said, well, we're going to keep this part back. And God says, you know, he struck him out because he said, you've lied to the Holy Spirit. You're saying, this is, I'm giving you everything. Well, no, you're not. And he said, that's perfectly fine. So that was yours to keep and you could have kept it and you would have been fine. You wouldn't, God wouldn't have held you accountable. He said, but now you've lied and you've done it for this other reason. So does that help her or anything? It's just a fine Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. 
was just as fine then as the free bathrooms today. I can't use three more time. It's kind of nice. But you see, the point I'm yeah. saying is if we get into semantics, and probably nobody likes words better than I do, if we get into that, I know your heart's first. But what about the stuff? If your heart's first, I think your life will reflect that. I think it will reflect it, but you're still holding up to things. We can all live in four days. Yeah. And when Roy told about they built that little lady in the house over in India, it's like, but ain't really first time in her life she never had to put a roof over her head. Now that's content. I didn't mean to preach for all that time. You're fine. It's, this, is, this is our class, so it's, it's fine. <clears throat> I've always said that people living in America and most of the civilized world, uh, we're going to have a, it's going to be hard to stand at the judgment day. Because when you see people that starving, and we know there's people starving, we know there's people living without homes, people that are going to bed hungry and cold, and we we say we care, we probably do care some, but we don't care too much, so we would probably do some more about them. We all can get more to the church. We all there's nobody here says that I'm giving all I get to church. That's a, if you are, you're a bold face like you're a bold face. You're the same as an ISIS first. Just, you're, it, and I'm and I'm right at the top of that list. <clears throat> when I say I'm giving all I can give to church, no, no. You know, Ben says I'm giving all I can give. No, you're not. Uh, you can get you can give more. And when you say that, this is all I can get. I know a fellow at the time that would he gave me a couple of different times five dollars. And he said, I wish I could do more. And when I'm thinking to myself, well you're probably worth two million dollars. I wish he hadn't said that last part. I wish he just said, here, here's five dollars. That'd be good. But he had to put the caveat in there. I wish I could do more. You know, that's, and it didn't matter that he lied to me. I mean, you know, but if you got two million dollars, like somebody offers, asks for a donation to give five dollars, and you say, yes, I wish I could do more, you're, you're lying like a dog. You're just lying like a dog. You're just a bold face lie. And when we tell the Lord, I'm putting my whatever in the plate, that's all I can do. You better look at that close. Because you better you better look at it close. That's just that's all I can say about that. There's a scripture in Revelation. <clears throat> now, sorry, I don't know what good enough to tell you where it is chapter and verse, but it says that when they die, it says your your rust on your money will give judgment or will give a, give account of you. So otherwise the money that you got in your bank that you're putting up there and collecting the savings not doing anything, that will testify against you in the day of judgment, the Bible says. So we better make sure we're taking God's resources and putting them to work for the best we can. And that's what I like about like, the support programs we do in India. Zero percent administrative costs. You right. find another, <clears throat> I know there's, there's probably more in there, but you find an outfit that has zero percent administrative costs. Check on your thrift savings and check on any investments you've got. They all, and, and check on American Cancer Society. Salvation Army. They got huge I think, I can't remember if it's the Red Cross or Salvation Army. I think it's the Red Cross, but I ain't sure. I think 10 cents of every dollar that you give actually goes. The other 90 cents goes to administrative fees, salaries, and things of that nature. <clears throat> And then in closing, in this first part there, it asks, says, uh, time of reflect, it says, do you have a tendency to spend more 
when you are down or, or uh, down or depressed? <clears throat> I think. Well, I think if we answer. I would too. I mean. New dress to make you happy. New new iPhone to make you happy. New car, whatever. And you and you think and you do. You get that little bit of happiness. But how long does that last? Not long at all. Then <clears throat> uh, of course we just answered. Why do you think this is? What would be a better way to deal with your emotions whenever you're sad or feeling down or depressed than, than going out shopping? What What do you think would be a better and uplifting experience? You go do a good deed for someone, and I guarantee you you'll feel better than if you went and bought that new piece of jewelry or whatever it is you go buy. You go down here and work in a... When I was in a car wreck for one time, I got laid up for nine months. Couldn't work or anything like that. So I walked down to, I didn't walk down, but drove down to the nursing home in Lancaster. And I'd just go in there and I'd read the Bible to people, uh, talk to them, visit with them, people didn't have anybody to talk to. <clears throat> Remember this one poor old lady, uh, all she talked about was red-eye graving cornbread, red-eye graving cornbread. So I got the book out and tried my best <laughs> to make red-eye graving cornbread. <clears throat> probably a horrible, it's probably the worst tasting thing ever made, but she loved it. And I felt so good that there ain't nothing I could have bought that made me feel better than, than taking that to her <clears throat> or visit with these people. We, one thing we do is give thanks to God because he's already blessed us in this country more than we can imagine. Absolutely. Stop and think about your blessings or count your blessings and give God thanks for the blessings. I agree. The Bible tells us they do. Well, it says I that. I think I played the devil's advocate on that because I don't agree with that. And I'll just, and this is why. And I mean, there's all, from the beginning of time until now to the day the world ends, there's always been poor people and there's always going to be rich people. And I don't care how poor I am, there's somebody going to be poorer than me. And I don't care how rich I am, there's someone going to be richer than me. I, as long as your heart is right and you put God first, and you're giving, you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing, then I think you're going to be fine. And that's just my opinion because no matter, I can be the richest person in the world today, tomorrow someone's going to turn around and be richer than me. But if I budgeted my money and I've got God first in my life and I've prioritized everything and I'm helping and I'm doing, I don't, I don't, I don't see that I'll have a hard time in judgment or anything because that's just the way the world is. It's been that way since the end of time. And I believe Brent, a few months ago, preached a sermon on being rich. There's nothing wrong with being rich and having money. It's how you prioritize it and how you budget it and, and manage it. As long as God's first and it is being used for His work. And I think that's, yeah, I think that's just my opinion. I think what she was saying, though, is that here in America, we tend to hold on to these riches or hold on to a possession, put as more a trust in As a culture. <clears throat> But as an individual type thing, I, I, I don't have to disagree with that. No. Because in reality, you know you cannot help every person. No. And we all have different incomes in this room, just us in this room. And I can only do what I, I mean, to be honest, my retirement, I get $335 a month. Which, you know, I 
can help with that, but I can't help as much as Kevin as an individual because he makes double money, you know, more than that. So as an individual, you can do everything you can do, and in your heart, if it's right, I'm doing what I can do. <laughs> and so I can't say even help I, everybody, but what I can do, I don't see how God could judge me for what little bit I do because my income is totally different than Jeff's, and he could do more. So I, I don't see that. It's all about where you put your heart and where you put your trust. That's what I'm saying. <clears throat> It's like the uh, Bible says, it's harder for it would be harder for a rich man to get into heaven. Like and it gives the example of a camel going through out of the field, which that's a small opening in the city that in order to get that camel go through, you'd have to unload it. You'd have to take that stuff off of it and it'd go through there. It's the same idea for a rich man to get into heaven. He's got to he's got to take that trust, that love of money, and put it off and trust so we on God. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. Like I said, Abraham, God's best friend. Now, well, what she does in our heart, if that's what we're doing, that's all we can do. I mean, I think it's your heart and your attitude. God's first. I, I agree with Josh and, and uh, Cindy both in that respect, but I know for a fact that there are people that make a big salary that are giving crumbs to the Lord. Okay? Oh, that's but I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. But yeah. there's other people that are very poor that are giving a lot to the Lord. Okay? You know what I'm saying? It's not the same amount of money, okay? But there's people that are that have got plenty of money in the bank, plenty of money in the savings, plenty of money invested. that are giving crumbs to them, and, and that's all. That no, you're not going to. You won't be. No, that's but what people, I was. Like, if you're yeah. doing the best you can, that's exactly. But we we are not honest with ourselves. But that's my point. Uh, we we are lying to God. We're lying to ourselves. But that's all I can do. Like the man I told you to give the five dollars. Well, that's all. I, I I like to do more, but I can't. Well, I wish he had said that. Yeah. If you're making a hundred million dollars or a hundred thousand dollars a year, and you're spending twenty thousand dollars a month or whatever on entertainment, going out, movies, fine dining, new clothes every week, and stuff like that, even if you're giving a two or three hundred dollars a week, you can't say, "Well, I'm doing everything I can," because you're spending twenty thousand dollars a month just for your happiness or for your entertainment, for your boredom, and that's twenty thousand dollars you could have been given to God. And so his thing, and that's, I think that's kind of what in America, not everyone here, but as general in a whole in America, we're much more wrapped up in ourselves and our self-pleasures than we are in our neighbors and helping our neighbors. And that's why it would be harder for us to be, we'll be judging <clears throat> more sternly, I think, because if you had this stuff, you know, you had X amount of dollars, but look how much you spent on Shelby Roy first, and then what you get to more. We need to weigh those. We need to put them down in a calculator and say, what percentage am I giving? Am I giving 5%? Am I giving 10%? Am I giving 1%? You know, we should do that as people. I think we need to, because you can, the reality gets real clear then, okay? There's $500 from a car payment. There's $500 from a truck payment. There's 2000 from a house payment. And there's 30 for God. You know, wait a minute. 2000 and 30? That's just, well, I got to have a house. Got to have a car. Got to, you know. There's nothing wrong with having a new car. I mean, we've got a car out there, but now 
we spent about $20,000 on that car versus we could have went out and bought. Uh, I'd love to have a new truck. I'd love to have a new truck, but I'm not going to spend $100,000 to, to get it. Uh, we'll pick back up next time with uh, point number two. Uh, if you would, just hang on to these, and next time I teach or, you know, something happens in Brent Slate or something other, maybe somebody can pick up, but we'll, we'll continue on with this, or feel free to take it home and go over it and just, just make sure you bring it back. Thank you.